If you're a fan of music in the Peterborough area, you're most likely familiar with Evangeline Gentle. If you're not, you soon will be. She is a burgeoning force in the music industry, and we are very pleased to have her here on The Musician Next Door. I am Stephen Stamp, joined as always by... Carrie McMaster. And Evangeline, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. So we're going to start off with I. We talked about this before we start recording, and we're going to jump in and say, "You're a you're a they there," and I am a an old school writer who mm -hmm. finds that a bit confusing. So I am trying to adjust and try not to offend anyone, but I'm almost guarantee I'm going to refer you to she or her a couple times. And your response was, um, "That that's fine with me." I actually was having uh, this discussion with somebody probably a couple of weeks ago and I was saying that I, I always really appreciate it when somebody tries um, to, to use like gender neutral pronouns for me um, but the big thing for me is when somebody like truly sees me and, and sees who I am as a person and you can, I can really tell that in my interactions and there are people in my life that you know I love so deeply and they don't you know use gender neutral pronouns for me and it's it's not a big deal. I mean, I know that for some people it's a big deal, um, but to me it's not. I can. It's just about whether somebody tries or sees who I am and respects me and that kind of thing. It, you know, it's interesting. It doesn't have a lot to do with music, but it is part of the discussion in modern times about you know pronouns and, and things. And and it reminds me of a discussion I had with my father actually, who uh, grew up in England. And, Grew up during the war, mm -hmm. and I remember saying, you know, Dad, it's really you should say women instead of ladies. When you call women ladies, it's imposing an entire um, patriarchal system on them, like mm -hmm. with expectations of what a lady is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And he said, huh, I just, because when he remembers during the war, they would say, people would talk about the, the ladies of the officers and the women of the enlisted class. And mm -hmm. Uh, like the and the and women was considered at, in his when he was young to be not offensive but putting people in their place. So he was using ladies to be respectful, right. and that's the exact opposite of how it was being used yeah. these days. And it's the same. I think it's a similar thing where yeah. you know people are using something. In many cases, some people are just rude and obnoxious and, and mean to be <laughs> annoying yeah. people. But I think most people are using things. Mm -hmm. in a way to try to be respectful so I, I appreciate that you're going to be be um, gentle with us yeah I think <laughs> and you know what language is constantly evolving mm -hmm. and we see that over time you know things mm -hmm. that we say now we words that were used 50 years ago we now see are we don't use them anymore because mm -hmm. they're inappropriate or, or mm -hmm. whatever the connotation to them isn't very nice so I feel like we're in uh, a transitional time right now of like we're talking about things like gender identity mm -hmm. and gender expression and pronouns and names and I think like in 50 years again these things will be totally yeah. normal you know it, it, it won't be a thing anymore but I feel like we definitely have to be gentle with each other and have open and honest communication mm -hmm. um, as language evolves because that's really what's going to make the difference, I think. Absolutely. It's interesting, you know, you, as we talk about that, and the, um, I think you listen back to so, like great, great music, to bring it back to the music side, mm. from 30, 40 years ago. I mean, you listen back to some Beatles songs or some um, Cat Stevens, Yusuf Endur, you know, however you want to mm. refer to him, and you hear some things that Nowadays, you, you kind of cringe, but you think mm -hmm. at the time they were like the most forward-thinking, yeah. wide-open, loving people. Yeah, and yeah. you, you know, know, even back to Beethoven or oh, totally uh, the classical pieces, and they're 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 definitely the pushing the boundaries of, of sound back then. I've always found that interesting too. Mm -hmm. Totally, and yeah. and society, I guess too. Yeah, it's like I love ABBA. One, I am absolutely obsessed with ABBA and they were really pushing the bounds of what pop music was mm -hmm. at the time then there's that one ABBA song it's like uh, does your mama know that you're out and oh. it's all about him <laughs> and like, a really young you know 
woman. Yeah. And it's a fantastic song, but when I listen to it, I'm like, oh my God. But that would have been totally acceptable to hear at the time, but now what we know of like how inappropriate that is, it's just, it's pretty shocking. So to talk about music stuff, I'm going to jump in with a with a question because you've got your new album has just come out. You got a grant to produce it. You finally yeah. got got going. It was a, a long lasting labor of love for you. Yeah. What was the what was the process like, and what's it like now that your album is out there in the world and people are able to interact with it? Um, well, it's incredible. It feels like a huge achievement, and I'm still sort of. I just I feel overwhelmed with gratitude about it to be honest um, and I suppose like the process wholly started like three years ago I feel like that's when it when it truly started and I met um, my the person who produced my record his name's Jim Bryson and I met him yeah like three years ago uh, I was opening for another local artist actually her name's Tara Williamson I'm not sure if you know her but she's she's amazing um, I was opening for her at a show in Toronto and Jim had just made her record and he saw my set and approached me afterwards and said hey I really would like to work with you if you want to come to the studio wow. That's awesome. and so then I went to his studio in <coughs> Ottawa it's called Fixed Hinge it's in Stittsville actually mm. and we did some demos and it was great and amazing and then just over the years kind of did little bits and pieces but because it's so expensive making a record or I was just had so much other stuff going on it didn't really happen all at once um, and then things got like serious into making the record like this past year I suppose but in total I probably spent about six weeks at his studio uh, making the record so a lot of work went into it and it and What's interesting with this record to me is that it's hugely collaborative between mm-hmm. he and I. Like, we had other people come in to play drums, um, and we had a singer, Carly Aikens, do vocals. But aside from that, it was just he and I that made the record. So oh, it's um. a very interesting relationship to, ve- to develop with somebody. It's like special, you know, it feels yeah. really special. Um, was he doing instruments as well? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. Hugely yeah. collaborative. And wow. then he also mixed one of the singles, Sundays. He sings on that one. Okay. Um, and then we had um, Daniel Ledwell mix the record. Um, and uh, Philip Shaw Boba mastered it. So, yeah, mostly it was just Jim and I in wow. a studio, which is in I'm- his house. I remember you saying, oh, I'm going to record, and you're yeah. off on the, the bus over to us yeah. in Ottawa. Yeah, uh, took that Greyhound bus so yeah. many times. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's awesome. It's a long ride. And how have things changed since the album's come out? Because, I mean, for us, having having known you before and, and enjoying hearing you play around town, then all of a sudden you're on Facebook or something, and a, something will pop up. A post will pop up saying, oh, you know, CBC's top 10 albums you have to listen to this year. And you're kind of like, oh, I wonder. And you go through and there's this the self-titled Evangeline Gentle album. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's pretty damn cool <laughs> for yeah, us. For sure. So it must be amazing <laughs> for you. I'm wondering how else things are changing. Yeah, it's like crazy. I actually looked back into my journal this morning and I read something from April and it's when I just first gotten my first run of t-shirts and I wrote in it I was like so cool I just got my first run of (laughs) t-shirts and then now you know I'm being interviewed on CBC Radio Ottawa on Friday before my show in Ottawa and I've been in CBC articles um, just doing all kinds of amazing stuff but it it has all happened so fast, feels like. You know, so much has changed in the last six months. Um, oh. Been played on the radio ton on CBC. It's like dream dream come true, right? But it's nice to look back and read read my journal where it's like, I just got t-shirts, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's really fun. Yeah. And it's all building towards your appearance on The Musician Next Door. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's the peak point, That's right, the peak here, point yeah. right there. <laughs> 
It's awesome. Thank you so oh. much for having me on this. Oh, we're oh, so we're glad to have you. I mean, it. oh, we're, we're so excited when we when Carrie, Carrie it was Carrie's idea to do the podcast. And mm-hmm. we, first thing we did was you know make a list of people, and you're mm-hmm. on that short list right at the beginning oh, to have right. on. So we're we're That's glad so that it's awesome. working out. And, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was. I I feel like I met you probably. I want to say 2014 ish. Yeah, 2015 around there, and just in passing through musicians, and I saw you perform often with Sean, like Sean Conway down at the Garnet, yeah, that yeah. kind of a thing. And you were, were you, you played there regularly, I think, at the Garnet Pretty at that time. Regularly, yeah. Yeah, and I was just, I mean, taken away right away. I mean, just a voice of amazingness. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, and then I think it was when I saw you. You were the emerging artist at Folk Fest. <clears throat> 2015 is that right I think so yeah Yeah, and you there just yourself side stage main stage on the side and you played a beautiful song I can't remember which one it was but I one in particular stuck out was the Scottish um, like a traditional Scottish song or something it's probably black is the color I still sing that song sometimes yeah and I the whole grass mountain filled with people and it was like you could hear a pin drop or something like it was just it was just a really special moment and I was like wow yeah she's gonna you you could just see it you you were gonna go somewhere so um yeah no it was it was wonderful and and I know recently you just had uh, your release on October 4th at uh Theater on King and we were away I was so sad and bummed I couldn't go Mm -hmm. so I'm glad I'll get to see you in a a week or so except we're in California yeah But uh, yeah, I was wondering, you know, how how that went and how how you're. I mean, you were you were partnered up with some wonderful talent there at your CD release and mm-hmm. and what that experience was like for you. Um, it was so nice. Like, if I'm still getting used to the idea of being the main act, though, so it's it feels like a lot of responsibility. Like, yeah, it's it's really weird to to know that everybody is there to see you because I'm so used to playing opening sets, right? So <laughs> it's, I'm still getting used to that. But I, I had um, Cormac Culkeen um, do an opening set as their new project's called Mike TV. Mm. And they do like, absolutely beautiful uh, ancient hymns and and they write beautiful gospel music. So. That was incredible to have them. And then Melissa Payne, of course, who, uh, another really brilliant songwriter from Peterborough, singer-songwriter. Um, she did an opening set, and then my band is Nick Ferriero, Derek Bell, and Matt Greco. Um, and we have so much fun together. So it was a very, very special night. Mm. Something that I've been waiting for for a long time, t- to finally get to play a show like that. Oh. Yeah, it was really special. And how was the grant process for that, like to get everything going? I, I know it's a little bit backtracking, but I was just curious as to what that was like going through, like going through that process of writing. And did you yeah. um, have help or did you do that solo? And, and mm-hmm. did it take a long time to get you to that point, to get you to where you were at just releasing that album? It took me so long. <laughs> I think, okay, so the first grant I got was in, like, 2016 from the Ontario Arts Council to write the record. So I started writing the record. Um, And I had help from an ex-partner to write that grant. And then after that, I was just writing grant applications all the time trying to get something, but I kept getting rejection letters and... I was writing the grants by myself, you know, like really just trying my best to write something. And then with this Canada Arts Council grant I got, I was working at Tim Hortons when I was doing the application and I was like, okay, like this is the grant. I have to, I have to get this money. Um, so I spent hours and hours and hours and hours writing this grant application in between shifts at a hair salon in Tim Hortons. Wow. Um, probably took me two months to write the application, to be quite honest with you. Wow. Submitted it, and then in February, I got a rejection letter. No. So they told me that I didn't get the money that I requested, and I was like, okay, well, it's 
it's fine. There will be a way that I'll make this record. Just kind of trusting. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person, and I was just, I just felt like I needed to trust that eventually it would happen for me. And then about four weeks later, I got another email saying that my grant application had been recommended. So they had some money at the end of their fiscal year, whatever it is. And uh, wow. I guess I had scored just under something wow. to get the grant. And so they gave me uh, the grant, which was Wow. Well, that's a unique amazing. story, isn't that? It is quite a unique story, yeah. And I was just like... Over the moon. Over the moon. <laughs> so the typical music situation where you have basically worked and worked and worked for a number of years mm -hmm. to become an overnight sensation. <laughs> yes. Overnight sensation. But I, uh, it did, ha everything has happened so fast, yeah. but because I had been waiting for the opportunity, to, you know, I was kind of like full speed ahead immediately when I got my grant. I was like, okay, well, here we go. Working my butt off, you know, I feel like I haven't stopped working yeah. since then but it's such a labor of love you know mm. yeah we've been talking for a while so very interesting stuff we need to get some music so we always start with a recorded song and what song are you sending us to uh, to drop in here um i we get to vote? send you uh, yeah you can vote if you if there's a song that you like we both really like sundays a lot okay perfect yeah <laughs> you, can, you can play that one yeah all right so the song from the record will be sundays and we're going to listen to that and then we will continue with more discussion with evangeline gentle on the musician next door <laughs>
All right, music friends, that was Sundays by Evangeline Gentle. And if you hadn't heard her before, you've been listening to the podcast, now you kind of get what we're talking about, why everyone's so excited about what's going on with you, Evangeline. And I want to ask you, coming out of that, and I think there's a sense from that song of it, and you listen to your, your records, about the writing process and lyrics in particular, because hearing you sing, there's a very different approach that you take to most people. You don't kind of plop in the first chorus, first chorus, mm-hmm. um, fit everything into, like kind of make sure everything fits. It's like, you're like, this is what I want to say, and this is, I'm going to put this in. It's not like a normal, I'm not sure how to say it. This is very interesting that you seem to find a way to say, to have longer lines, to have things fit in and work the music around it rather than being like, I have to jam these words into this mm-hmm. music. So, I, so I'm guessing that your lyrics are the primary driver and you build the music around it. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of just happens all at once. I definitely love... Um, figuring out how to make lyrics musical just on their own, like the phrasing or um, just, yeah, the musicality, I guess, of words. I like to play with that for sure. But I usually start off with uh, playing some chords, I guess. Mm. It's really simple to start playing around on the guitar and then kind of melodies will come to me and then I... I figure out what what words are going to match with the melody. To be honest, it's mm. like it it's interconnected. I'd say it all gets mm. kind of woven where the melody will impact. Um, I think there I think there is melody to words too. You know, different sounds that you can get out of different words. Um, but I'll t- like Sundays in particular, I wrote uh, the first verse of that song in my parents' basement. And I kind of just thought it was a throwaway. Like I didn't uh, think anything of it. Um, but then, then I went to the studio and Jim and I were kind of trying to piece together some songs or, you know, basically when I got there, I was just like, I'm going to play you everything that I have and then you can tell me what you think about it. And he really liked uh, the verse that I had. He was like, well, you should finish writing this song. So I went into his kitchen and just got a glass of water and wrote the second verse. Um, Went back into the studio, played in the second verse. This song is probably the most collaborative on the record, I'd say. Um, It was kind of like our little project song, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm. Um, So I wrote the the second verse in his kitchen, went back into the studio, played him that, he liked it. He said, okay, well, you have to write a chorus now. Um, so then he left, went inside, probably sat in his studio for an hour or something, wrote the chorus. Um, then he came out and played him the chorus, and then it was time to write the bridge. <laughs> and uh, he kind of played some chords um, and was like, okay, here's, here's the chords for the bridge. You write it, went back inside, came back out, the bridge was written. And then by the end of the night, we had like the song. Wow. And it's, you know, one of my, it's my best song probably that I've ever written. And it all came together so, I thought it was a throwaway in the beginning, you know? So I'm trying to be more conscious of the songs that I think are throwaway because they might not be, they might be useful at some point. But I'm actually really fascinated by pop songwriting. Um, and just songwriting in general, I, I do love listening to songs and looking at the songwriting structure of things. Um, I like reading about other artists and how they write their songs. Like I talked about ABBA earlier, the two guys from ABBA that are songwriters, I think they're absolutely brilliant songwriters. So I, I listen to those songs and I think, oh, what did, what did they do here? Um, I love pre-choruses, that's another thing. I'm a total pre-chorus nerd. I love the pre-choruses and ABBA songs. So, yeah. 
I just ask what a pre-course is. I'm the I'm the non-music guy. I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a poet, so I do understand the sense of words as music, but I don't know what a pre-course is. Yeah. So I guess like the pre-course is the little transitional uh, moment before the chorus and after the verse. So in Sundays, um, it's an extended pre-course. I don't wanna spend all my days alone. That whole section of the song is a pre-chorus. Okay, okay. Yeah. Very cool. We had a little bonus scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we move into that? Do you wanna play into what? Her live song. Shall we? Let's go. Let's uh what do you want to play live? Um I don't know. Maybe I'll play. I think I want to play "Good and Guided." That's my favorite song on the whole record. Oh, nice! It's the final track. I don't know. Is there a song that you want to hear? I want to hear uh, we got one. Sundays. Yeah, so we that got one, Sundays. That'd okay, be cool. perfect. Yeah, I'll play. I'll play "Good and Guided." All right. Thanks so. for letting me use your guitar there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wrote my first album on this. You can see all my little. Oh, did you really? Oh, this is special then. <laughs> so Carrie is grabbing her special. guitar, passing over to Evangeline. We're gonna set up, make sure we're all good to go, and we will have "Good and Guided." live from Evangeline Gentle, the musician next door. The days have been long And for a few years there I lost my song The days have been Dug down in lengthy rows. I watched the crop and felt me grow. And I have softened, I have not pardoned. No, I've been blown open, stripped bare. And I found myself. Yeah. 
This is Evangeline Gentle, the musician next door for October. Please join me when I play the live show at Next Door, 197 Hunter Street West, Saturday, October 26th at 9 p.m. All right, that was Good and Guided live by Evangeline Gentle, the musician next door. I'm Stephen Stanford, Karen McMaster, and uh, we're going to keep going here. Yeah. And I just want to point out that we've heard you play plenty. We've been, I mean, we got to, we had the honor of getting to see you open for Donovan Woods in one of the folk festival mm -hmm. um, concerts, which was amazing when we know you're fighting a bit of a cold, yeah. <laughs> but- um, And Megan um, Bunnell. Pardon me? Yeah, Megan, Megan Bunnell. I mean, yeah. we've, we've seen you play quite a bit and, and it, it's wonderful, but being here like three feet away and hearing your voice oh, is, it was amazing. amazing. I, we oh, both, gosh. honestly, the, the song ended and Karen and I both just kind of looked at each other and said, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, is, that, is, that is just, just beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. I wanted to address one other thing that, that kind of fits in with what we've been talking about because um, any time people are talking about you as an artist, your queerness comes up mm -hmm. and your social activism. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's completely irrelevant to the music in a sense, uh, whether somebody is straight, gay, non whatever, however they identify, mm -hmm. whatever race, whatever gender, whatever is, yeah. is irrelevant, but it can't be left out of our discussion of, as people because we all have to interact. And you are, are very vocal about the importance of the world adjusting and, and allowing for people to be themselves. And we've mm -hmm. talked about that, about everyone being themselves. And the one thing I find with your, your activism, I guess, is that it seems the vibe I get is your stance is everyone should just be open, accepting and loving of everyone else. And you seem to embody that from our interactions with you as a person and manage to go along and, and face the challenges to that by continuing to go go with it. It, it makes me think watching uh, Jagmeet Singh, we're not gonna get a political thing, but Jagmeet Singh is such a loving, open person when, when he's confronted with, with things, when people mm -hmm. talk about, I, I saw the clip about somebody saying, oh, what about when Sharia law, you want Sharia law? And he doesn't say, you idiot, I'm not a Muslim. <laughs> he just says, we accept you and we love you. Yeah, and like it's, it's unbelievable. And I feel the same vibe coming from you in the way that you're interacting. And I just think it's remarkable and, and difficult. So how do you do that? Um. Easy question, right? I, yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad you're asking me this because I spend so much time thinking about it and it's been such a journey for me. Um, I mentioned earlier that I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritual person. And to me, that is where it comes from. Uh, I, I truly believe that life should be about joy and human connection and love. And I want everybody's everybody to live joyful lives um and so to me that that uh how do i say it i'm trying to think of you can edit parts of this too so that it, <laughs> it all fits we might we might um i don't know I, I truly believe that everyone should be loved and accepted for who they are and and i think that hate shouldn't be tolerated um but i I look, like that clip that you're talking about that mm -hmm. uh, um, I love it because he says love and courage and they mm -hmm. and I really believe in that mm -hmm. and that song that I just played good and guided is about that it's like why why do we separate our sort of logical brain from our heart when it's actually it's not true it, mm -hmm. they're the same thing um, and in some uh, other languages heart and the mind are the same word which I think is really beautiful but I do believe that that a lot of the time we're most of us are trying our best to be good people with whatever information and life experience we have um, but I want to make sure that with with all of the gifts and blessings that I have of being able to make music and share it with people that what I'm putting out into the world is good and hopeful um, because so much of the world is struggling like so much of the world is struggling and there's so much anger and you know 
and a lot of the anger is so justified, right? And and I'm angry about lots of things, but I try with my music to let it go through some sort of like personal inner filter that's that I feel is my responsibility to process that anger in a good way and then through the gift of music put it out put something back into the world that is better that is more hopeful and that's kind of where yeah that's what inspires me and even when I was um, I talked earlier about kind of trusting that this would happen for me and um, just think knowing that it's my path intuitively that's what it feels like to me that I just know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing but when I was thinking about getting that grant I was like okay well this is a lot of money to get how am I going to make this impact people that aren't just me because I didn't want that that blessing to only impact me and I hope that when I share my music with other people it, it becomes not about me anymore and it becomes about how they relate to the songs if it makes somebody feel better if it makes somebody feel connected or I talk a lot about um, in, in my audience in a live show I want what I sing about to unite everybody in the audience with a sense of sameness so that it breaks down those barriers that are created when we talk about identities and we I talk about what's different because what I'm singing about are relatable human experiences, right? Like we all share the same emotional, visceral experience of life. And when a whole room can relate to what you're singing, mm -hmm. it sort of shows like, you know, you might be queer and you might not be, but we all know what it feels like when somebody dies and you're grieving. We all know what it feels like to fall in love and you know, be completely adoring of the person you fall in love with. That is, we all share that. So to me, if there's anything that I want to accomplish in my career is to really be uniting people with a sense of sameness. That's beautiful. I don't I think it that. needs to be edited at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> all my ramblings. Jesus. It's lovely, it's lovely. Um, I recently, you recently just did a video um, on, was it Sundays, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. music video was wonderful. Um, I love that. The, the, um, the actors in it, to me, could have been two women or a guy and a girl. It just mm -hmm. had that feeling when you looked at it. You wanted, you weren't quite sure. Mm -hmm. And I thought it really opened up, um, your mind a bit right you know like yep. you say if you're and I and I, was that something you were trying to do um you know what it wasn't intentional but I felt like it was meant to be when I saw the video so um Diana Stevens uh she was in charge of wardrobe and uh so she I guess what do you call that styling she styled, yeah, okay, yeah, styled yeah. Uh, the right. two people the two actors <clears throat> were actually a couple in real life oh which is really sweet um but she was kind of in charge of that, and and I mean, I'm sure that she would say that it was intentional. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's also queer and uh, cares about the same kind of, what do you call it, uh, representation in media. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that to her that was very intentional. But to mm -hmm. me, I saw it and I was like, oh, this is totally perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that for a lot of people. It might You might have to do like a little second yeah. What do you call it a uh, a double take. A double take, yeah. yeah. Of like, what am I watching right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, does it really matter? These are two people in love. Exactly. How sweet! Like, yeah. do I really need to know? Yeah. Probably not. You know, it's yeah. relatable either way. Two yeah. people in love. Yeah. The way that someone looks at someone they're in love with, whether it's a, a man, a woman, someone who's non-binary, doesn't mm -hmm. uh, doesn't identify with any specific, you know, wherever. I mean, it just doesn't. Doesn't it's matter. The look. Yeah. Look, it's all the that same. smile. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. At the end of the video, oh, when uh, the, we we know the one, the the blonde girl. Yeah. We met her at a poetry. Thing. Yeah, she's a poet, and uh, you know, just when she she looks at her partner. Yeah. Who who's clearly been absent, mm -hmm. and then is there, and, and um, the one who's been wondering, will will they come? Will they be mm -hmm. here? And they arrive, and the, the look is just like, get that. Yeah. yeah, we get that. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. yeah, it's really cute. I love it. 
And that was your, is it your cousin? My brother-in-law. Your brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah, he's mm-hmm. Rob Viscardis, incredible, he's a guy. incredible filmmaker. Um, he did a documentary recently about GE. Oh, um, wow. So got that from him. So I'd like to see that. He's on the up as yeah. well as far as his career. Um, he's well down the multi-year path to over, he's, overnight, overnight sensation. Yeah. <laughs> he's working on a video for me. Is too. he? Yeah, 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 he's so awesome. Mm-hmm. He wrote that. Uh, music video as well that was all him wow his idea yeah he rented yeah anyway he rented these camera lenses that he was all having a nerd <laughs> moment about <laughs> I was like okay cool you do you, do you. <laughs> I've so seen funny. I've seen the other one um, he did of you and it, it I loved I can't remember the name of the song in I, the morning yes that and was like it, so oh, long you were so young Five were you at 17 or I something was, I had just turned 18 oh my goodness yeah, it was amazing. I, I love the Sean Conway. Was he in there the too? Garnet, above the Garnet. Okay. Uh, when you were talking earlier about when I was playing at the Garnet all the time. Yeah. That was when. That was the time. Okay. Right. You just walk downstairs and pick yeah. up your girl. <laughs> yeah, that was I saw cool. another one of you and him. It was on uh, like a, you played a song together and it was um, like a local exclaims. Stu- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was cool. Yeah, you had bleach songs. blonde hair, and, and he was like rocking. That was good. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It was dangerous though, because the night kitchen was downstairs at that point. Oh, and you could so just go get pizza. Oh God, all I ate was all night kitchen pizza. Oh boy. Yeah. Which is wonderful in many ways, but it's so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we started on that. <laughs> right, I just drank it. Yeah. I I also wanted to ask you. Okay, so, uh, you opened for Donovan Woods, who I love, mm-hmm. and you opened for. Megan Bunnell, who I play over and over again now mm-hmm. that I found out who she is because I yeah. didn't know, and um, you, I know, uh, are f- I? I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but you are are friends with Tara Lightfoot, right? Mm-hmm. And you were on a beautiful musical adventure. You were you were <laughs> paired up with her. She had a show with a few other artists, like yeah. uh, Kathleen Edwards, I believe, was yeah, one of them. Longest Road Show. Yes, and you. Were the opener, I believe. I was in yeah. Ottawa, yeah. Tell was, me about that. It was so awesome. So I met Tara um, at the 2015 Folk Fest because I was the emerging artist and she was playing that year, but I was absolutely obsessed with her record. Every time my mind runs oh, wild. So good. Oh my god, I was obsessed with it. So I was I had a bit of a fangirl moment. Yeah. Um and went to went to see her play and then I guess she must have saw my set at some point in the day. And then we connected over the internet and she asked me if I wanted to come to Hamilton and record some demos um, at her friend's studio, so it's Boxcar in Hamilton. Wow. And you showed up at her door five minutes later? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely did, 100%. Oh Freaking out. Um, so I, I did that um, and the, the idea of doing those demos was so that I could for some funding um, and I did get funding with those demos, that's awesome amazing. but she is she has been a real mentor of mine just kind of showing up for me in lots of different ways um, whenever she's had a show that I could open for or something I opened for her at the Horseshoe in Toronto which I always was to so play there loud. was it good it was fucking amazing excuse me for my language sorry it's okay I think we're allowed to swear we don't generally yeah sorry <laughs> we can beat that out um, it was really cool um, but where am I going with this? Oh yeah, she's just been a, a really amazing friend as well as mentor in music. So I'm so incredibly grateful to her for, for that. But I think it was in February or maybe January, um, Tara organized, Tara and her uh, management team at Sonic Onion, they um, decided that they were gonna have a, a show like a traveling show of different women in music but it, the they weren't going to advertise it as it was all women because they thought well it shouldn't be it shouldn't be advertised that it's all women because why you know that's the problem that a whole show of women would be unique right because we always see, sh- see shows with with all men and that's fine um so it was all women involved in that project right down to like the sound tech um Wow. And the tour tour manager, like everything was women. Hmm. Um, cool. And so I got to sing on stage with Kathleen Edwards, which was cool. Wow. Um, 
yeah, that was really awesome. I'm a big, big fan of, of Kathleen. Um, and it's so funny because at that point I was just working part-time jobs. So I was like, how the freak am I going to afford to even take the bus to Ottawa? I said, Jim, Bryson actually paid for me to take the bus Aww. to Ottawa to play that show. That's awesome. Just speaks to how sweet, sweet he is. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. It was so good. It felt like the start of this next part of my career for me. Mm. I don't know why it felt like that, but it felt like the beginning of something. Yeah, I, don't know, I, I can was, see that. Yeah, I just loved every second of it. So we'll wrap up, I guess, with, because we are actually well over the time we usually take. Sorry. Try, <laughs> no, it's good. It's, we try to keep the podcast to... Let's keep talking for hours. Kind of within the <laughs> attention span that people will lend yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to it. But, but, I mean, it's just, it, we couldn't. I don't know. It's, it's been yeah. terrific. We've really enjoyed it. But Excellent. you talked about the beginning of the, you know, the start of the next phase of your career. The mm-hmm. album is out. Um, you've kind of hit that milestone. Mm-hmm. So what's next? What is the next phase of your career? Um, geez, I don't know. I'm just excited for everything. I I've started working with some new people, which is really promising. I hope to be touring i really like to go to europe yeah um that's i mean i'm from scotland so i would really really love to tour in the uk um i I mean i want to go everywhere there's not a single place that that i don't (laughs) want to tour in and you're with a record label right you just got taken on by yeah cokes cokes yeah i've been with cokes um yeah new things ahead nice lots of new things ahead so so everyone pay attention keep track of evangeline gentler will be much new to come and go back and listen to what's already there and one thing i would encourage everyone because um, i find listening to your music reminds me in a way of when i started listening to the john Chicago hill where mm-hmm. when i first heard them it took a while to really come around to like hey i'm a traditional hip fan and then now i mean i love them and they're yeah. a part of the fabric of my life and but most of their songs, the first time I heard it, I wasn't like, I love this song, it's fantastic. I was like, oh, what are they doing here? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going on? And it, it takes a while because there's a lot that goes into it. So to get it all out, mm-hmm. I feel like you have to take the time to listen repeatedly. And I yeah. feel like there's a similar thing with your music where mm-hmm. I think you don't actually hear one of your songs the first time and say, wow, I, I love that song. You mm-hmm. think, okay, what's going on with that song? Mm-hmm. What is it about that song that's making me You're think? Good and writer. Me and, yeah. and, it's, and it is worth the effort to go back and, and listen over and Thank over you. to get that out of it. And, uh, and I hope people, if they hear your songs the first time and aren't necessarily grabbed, they'll go back because you will be. Trust me, you will be eventually. And, <laughs> well, and they should, in my head all yeah. the time. Aww. Yeah. Awesome. And honestly, the, the moment of <laughs> listening, sitting here and listening to you sing um, Sundays here, or sorry, to sing um, Good and Guided for us here oh live. Oh my God, that was amazing. Was, was overwhelming, and we're, we're very fortunate to have had you on. Uh, Carrie, anything you want to finish with? This may be a bit silly, but okay, I want to know about the circus family stuff. Okay. <laughs> Can you just tell me what time it is before? Sure. It is 9.53. Okay, perfect. We've got okay? lots of time. I asked them to be in half an hour, but that's perfect. Um, so yeah, I'll talk about the circus family stuff. My, <laughs> on the paternal side... Sorry, <laughs> no, we're just exchanging a couple look, oh. a couple moments, because um, I just think Carrie's adorable and I love her very much. Aww, she's awfully sweet. So the way you're she is, the way she Aww, you okay. guys. Um, so my paternal side of the family, um, they were gypsies, but now we, they're called Roma people. Right. It's like the politically correct term. Um, so my nana's dad. And Do they call themselves gypsies or Roma? What I'm not it, sure because okay. I'm so disconnected from right. that part of my ancestry. I mean, okay. yeah, but they, my nana's uh, like family, mm. how they were the Kadona family, and three of them were the first um, aerial circus artists to be featured in major motion films. So you can actually Google the Kadona family, oh, the neat. trapeze artists, and you'll find all the videos. And then they settled in the northeast coast of Scotland where I'm from and they opened a, a carnival that's still to this day uh, it's called Cadonas um, oh wow yeah very very interesting part of my ancestry because they were Roma people there's not a lot of like documentation right. um, of mm. that but 
there's a very very cool picture of my nana standing outside of like a uh, what do you call it like a trailer but it's like one of those wooden a ones caravan. like a, yeah a caravan oh wow arch oh that's really cool yeah so that's so performers and other people yeah. in your family perform too don't they yes yeah. um my sister jessica actually she does aerial silks so she's kind of following in that footsteps Very of cool. our circus uh, arts ancestors and then my sisters kate and sophie they are both incredible musicians wow um both amazing songwriters my sister kate doesn't really do it as much anymore but um she's more into like academia she's doing a phd right now Wow. And then, yeah. What's she doing her PhD in? Uh, Canadian studies. Cool. Yeah, she's, she's pretty cool. And then my dad's also very musical. He, uh, amazing voice. Like, we definitely all got our voices from my dad, that's for sure. Wow. All right, well, this has been The Musician Next Door. Uh, for Carrie Jane McMaster and Stephen Stanford. Thanks for being Jolene Gentle and keep your eyes out for her going on tour. And she will be playing, I'm sure, at some point at the Kadona. In Scotland. <laughs> in Scotland. That's you right. gotta go. But you have to. Yeah. <laughs> and many other places. It's been an absolute treat. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much.